great to see y'all today. Happy Mother. Hey, before I get into like the, the whole moms thing, they're kind of important. Not just on Mother's Day, but every day, right? Um, and two, yeah, like guys, guys, I'll just set y'all up for a major win and you blew it. Like right there, right there. I'll just set you up. And, uh, man, you screwed that up. But, hey, you know what? This is second chance. So wait for it. I'll set you up again. Um, hey, in two weeks, so two weeks from today, two weeks from today, we're going to do our very first baptism here at Second Chance. We've never had baptism before. It's, it's been fun. We went online this week and found this humongous tub, and we're going to put it right there, um, and we're going to baptize people, and uh, it, it's going to be great. So if you have not been baptized since you've received Christ and you want to be baptized, let us know. Here's how you do it. Hello at perrynoble.com. Hello at perrynoble.com. Send, send us an email and just tell us, hey, your name and your story. Now, listen, listen. Don't, don't send us four pages. Just, we, 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 we are short-staffed. Just send us a couple paragraphs because we would love, love, love if you haven't been baptized to, to baptize you in two, two weeks. How many weeks? All right. Now, let's get down to business. Moms, if you are a mother, would you please stand for just a second and let's recognize the moms. Wow. Remain standing. This is always great on Mother's Day. On Father's Day, it's confusing. Like, dads don't know whether to stand or not because mama's baby, daddy's maybe. But, but, but Mother's Day, hey, thank you so much on behalf of all the, just all you do, all the stuff that you've done that nobody has a clue. Thank you so much. I think you should be absolutely spoiled today by your entire family. So thanks, moms. Let's give them one more hand as they sit down. I... Uh, I, I, wanted, I wanted to honor, honor moms today, but not just moms. I want to honor women in general because women have came a long way in, in, the, in the world ever since I was born. In the 1970s, we've seen women rise to, to influence in ways that we've never seen them before. Now, I mean, still, because so, I, I don't need an email. I know, I know it's not where it needs to be yet, okay? No, it's not where it but, but. I, w I went through um, the internet because everything on the inter internet is true, right? I went, <laughs> I, but I looked at multiple, multiple, multiple sources because I was I was trying to find out who are some of the most influential women in the world, and um, and I looked at several lists. Now, at the top of nearly every list, and this is not going to be a surprise for anybody in the room, was Oprah. Now, listen, listen, I won't stop. I don't need anybody this week emailing me hating on Oprah. I love Oprah. I love Super Soul. If Oprah ever invited me on her show, I would go. You know why? Because the book goes to the top of the New York Times bestseller list. If that lady right there says your product is good, I love me some Oprah. And I've had, I don't like Oprah. Well, you know what? She probably don't like you either. So there you go. She was at the top of nearly every list, and, and her influence is, is un, unbelievable. Um, another person that I found on the list was a lady named Emma Watson, but we know her as Hermione. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of you are like, Hermione, that's Harry Potter. How many saw Harry Potter? R books, movies? Yeah, yeah. See, see some people, I didn't watch that devil stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it sucks for you because it was awesome. <laughs> She's highly influential. Um, this lady right here, fascinating story. Does anybody know who this is? 
Somebody said it over here. Who? Sarah Blakeney. A lot of y'all are like, Sarah Blakeney, she invented Spanx. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Now, here's what just happened. All the women went, oh, and the men are like, Spanx. Sounds kind of dirty. Um, it's not, it's a, they actually do have spanks for men. I've got a funny story about that, um, but not for now, just another time. Um, but the most, for me, for me, I was going through this list and I saw all these people, but for me, the most influential woman that I've ever encountered is this lady right here. This is my mom. And yeah, yeah. This was when she was about 20 or 30 years, in between her 20s and 30s, and she was um, absolutely beautiful, always had that smile on her face, and that lady has influenced my life more than probably anybody ever, and, which is fascinating because I only knew her for 11 years. She passed away when I was 11 years old, and, um, but she still influences my life till this very day. Now, for, I sat down one day with a, like a legal pad and a pen. I still do that kind of thing and, and to write. And I'm writing down all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? I want to I list the lessons that my mother taught me. And, and there were a lot. There were like pages and pages. And I was like, I can't talk on that. So I narrowed it down, I narrowed it down to five things. And I feel like my mother really instilled in me. And, and what's really cool about it is I think every single thing that I'm going to talk about today will, will impact you, whether you're a mom or a dad or whether, or whether you're not a mom or a dad. I think every single person listening today will be impacted by the lessons that Jesus used this lady to teach my life. And I just want to share five things with you today that my mother taught me. Number one, though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. One of the things I love doing when I meet couples for the first time is finding out the how did you meet story. And everybody's always got a fascinating how did you meet. Oh, how did you meet? And who got interested in who first? Um, and, and sometimes that's a, that's a bit of a, a controversy. But my mom and my dad, my, my mom and my dad, if you were to get a book but like, like a Christian author, on this is what you're supposed to do, and this is what you're not supposed to do. My mom and dad did everything that you weren't supposed to do when they met. I'm talking, okay, first of all, they met in a bar, um, and it wasn't like a, it was like a honky-tonk bar. My dad was a musician. My mom walked in. They hooked up the first night they met, okay? Some of y'all like, big deal. Um, and if you don't know what hooked up means, ask your mom and dad on the way home. They'd love to explain it to you. But, but they hooked up the first night they met. And then um, they moved in together. They lived together for a while. And after they lived together, um, they got married. So, so according to, like, the Christian thing, they did everything backwards. Um, and then the, my mother discovered that my father was physically abusive. He knew, she knew that he was emotionally abusive, but then he was physically abusive. And this was the 70s. There was no social media. There was no way out. Women during that time really did feel trapped in, in certain situations. So they decided to do what couples often decide to do when they're having problems. Just move, right? Because so they moved from Easley, South Carolina to Los Angeles, California, which I mean, Beverly Hillbillies 2.0 was my parents living out there. <laughs> now at 38, at 38, my dad comes home and my mom says, 
I'm pregnant. And by the way, that was me. Um, I was very unexpected. I had no idea. I tell people I'm a Sunday afternoon nap baby. Um, I just, I just kind of showed up on the scene, right? Well, when I showed up on the scene, my mom, um, she wasn't a Christian. And my dad wasn't a Christian. And my mom decided, you know what, there's a, there's a church not far from her house. And this is back in the day. You know, some of you are going to have to use your imagination. No internet. We use landlines. The only advertisement that churches had were the marquees outside the churches, you know, and some of them still do that, and it's horrible. Like, our church is prayer-conditioned. Quick, honey, pull in there. They are prayer-conditioned. We have got to go there. Anyway, so, so that's the only advertisement. The reason my mom chose this church is very simple. It was the closest church to our house. So she went for a couple of weeks. Well, after she went for a couple of weeks, um, the preacher said, they talked after the service, and the preacher said, hey, would, you, would it be okay if I came by your house and visited this week. And because back in the day, they used to do stuff like that, like church people. Now, they, sometimes they just show up at your house. Hey. <laughs> so, but he asked, and my mom said, that would be, fa- that'd be fabulous. And he said, well, I'll bring a deacon with me. It was a little Baptist church. I'll bring a deacon with me. And so um, my mom was super excited about it, but she's smart. She didn't tell my dad. And um, until, because back in the day, like church people visit, and if you knew the church people were coming, you hide all your liquor and everything, and then you pretend to be great, and when they left, you just broke it all back out. But my dad had got home, he poured himself a drink, and he's sitting there trying to relax, and my mom said, oh, um, by the way, the the pastor of the church I've been visiting, he's coming by in um, 10 minutes. And my dad, who told me this story, said, he said, I cussed your mother out for 10 solid minutes. And then the preacher showed up, and you pretend everything's okay or whatever. And the preacher and the deacon came in and sat down and talked to my mom and dad. And that night is the night that um, my, my mom and my dad gave their life to Christ. That pastor and that deacon led my mother and my father to Christ. They both got saved, gave their lives to Jesus that night. And I don't know the name of that pastor. I don't know the name of that deacon. I don't even know the name of the church. But I'm super thankful. Isn't it, isn't it great that some of the people that have the biggest impacts on our lives, we don't even, we don't even know their names sometimes. And, and uh, my mom was, listen, my mom, when she was in, she was in. My dad wasn't quite that way when it came to Christianity. He would be excited about Jesus for a while and then, eh, and then excited about Jesus. So we moved from L.A. back to easily when I was four years old. And my mother, my mother, my mother is the reason that I went to church every single week. Because eventually my dad stopped going. He just kind of phased out. He said, the church thing's not for me. I don't need church to worship God. I can worship God in the bed. And he was usually you know, like hung over, so I knew he wasn't worshiping. But, my, but I would get out, you know, my mom would get up and say, hey, we're going to church today. I'd be like, why do I have to go? Daddy's not going. And this was her answer, and it worked. Because I said so. <laughs> That's all a mom has to say. It, 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 so I was like, well, well he, he don't have to go to church. And you know, what, you know what? I'm not his mama. I'm your mama. Get up. Get dressed. We're going to church. And my mom took me to church every single week. And listen, I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. And looking back, I realized how easy it would have been for my mother just to mail it in. Just to say, you know what? 
If I'm not going to get support from my husband, if I'm not going to get support, I'm not going. It would have been so easy for her to not do that, to, for her, because I'm complaining and crying the whole, I hate church, I hate these people, I hate the, like, I didn't like anything about it, but my mother would drag me to church screaming and crying, and today, I love the church, and I don't, and one of the reasons that I, I love what I do and I love the church isn't because I'm an amazing person. I can trace it all the way back who, to a mother who said, you know what, even if I have to take him to church by myself, I'm going to do it by myself because it's the right thing to do. And the reason I'm saying that is because there are people in this room that maybe your kid going to church isn't your biggest problem. But you have a problem, you have an issue, and maybe you're struggling through. You know what the right thing to do is. But sometimes, sometimes, isn't it difficult, even though we know what's right, to actually do what's right? Does anybody struggle with that besides me? Like when I'm driving down the road and you cut me off, I know what's right. But I don't always do what, okay, I'm not going to do that, but I always do what's right. You know what I'm saying? Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. And so I just want to encourage somebody in this room or watching online today that really is wrestling with doing the right thing. And you're like, I know what's right. I don't know if I can do what's right. Do it even if, listen, some of the biggest decisions you'll ever make in your life, you won't have the support of the crowd. Do it anyway because it's the right thing to do. Which leads to the second one. You invest in what you love. You invest in what you love. How many, uh, how many people in this room, uh, you're, you're car people, you just love cars. You just love cars. Jeeps motorcycles how many people in this room I, oh i've been dying to ask this question how many people in, how many people in this room have at least one tattoo oh god okay that's awesome i know what we're doing for father's day now free tattoos mother's day pictures dad ink of course we could have given ink away for mother's day too and i think we'd have been all right right moms okay yeah a couple. so but here's the deal if you love a car you're gonna spend money on the car right if you love a good, if you want a good tattoo, you're going to spend money on it. If you want whatever, this is what I learned from my mom, that if you love something, you invest in it. And I learned it, I, well, I, I first began to get introduced to the idea when I was like in third grade, because in third grade, well, let me, I'll back up even further than that. I've gone, I went to private school, K-4, that's four years old, through the fourth grade. I got kicked out of my first private school at four years old. I'm not making that up. I'll tell you the story another time. I literally got kicked out as a four-year-old. I've always been an overachiever. <laughs> so I went to my second private school. And I remember in the third grade, I came out of the restroom and my mother was in the hall. Now, during that time period, when I was growing up, your parents would come to the school to spank you. Okay? It was like a sport. I, I don't know. I, I guess... They talked about it or whatever. And so as soon as I came out of the restroom, I saw her in the hall. And I freaked out because I was like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And she looked at me. And she said, oh, no, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Um, had to calm me down. She said, I'm here to make a payment on your school. 
Now, that didn't register in my mind. Make a payment on your school? I didn't know you paid to go to school. And it didn't really hit me until years and years and years later when I realized what kind of, listen, we were not a rich family. We lived on the Mill Hill in Easley, South Carolina, in a one-bedroom house until my dad decided to build a second bedroom. It was a little jacked up, a little curved, but, you know, you kind of learn to walk <laughs> just a certain way. My dad worked first shift at a place in Pickens. It was a plant. And my mother worked second shift at a plant called Singer, which eventually came Ryobi, which became it's like 45 different things now. But, but that's where they worked. They didn't make a lot of money, but they made the decision, you know what? We are going to put Perry into private. Number one, because they knew I had some sort of problem. It was, now it's ADD. Um, I finally started meds when I was 45. Um, <laughs> but they knew I had a problem. And they knew it was the best thing. And they were like, you know what? We love him, so we're going to invest in him. It, it's, it's a very simple concept that we all understand, except when it comes to where we stand in our walk with God. I say that because there are people in this room that you just don't think very highly of yourselves. Now, I know there's some people that think too highly of themselves, but, but most of us don't struggle with that. Most of us, I, I talked about it this week, I, I posted about it. If we talked to other people the way we talk to ourselves, we would have no friends. There are people in this room because of what you've done or because of what's been done to you, you don't see any value in your life or you view yourself as some sort of second-class citizen. And it's not true, even though it feels true. It's not true. If you invest in what you love is true, and I think it is, then what John said in 1 John 3.16 makes sense. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. So no matter who you are in this room, no matter what you've done, Jesus Christ laid down his life for you, which puts the value on you at priceless. And I learned that. I learned that from my mother. Number three, forgive quickly. Forgive quickly. My mama taught me a lot of things. Two things she taught me that I still follow to this day. Number one, number one, you don't go in a woman's purse <laughs> for any reason. Till this day, I've got staff, they're freaked out. They'll be like, hey, will you reach in my purse? I'm like, nope, here's your purse. You get it. They're like, why won't you reach in my purse? I'm like, because my mama told me. I remember I was getting ready to get something out of her purse, and she was like, hey, 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 Perry Benjamin Noble. When she used that middle name, it was like, oh, you, you never put your hand in a woman's purse. I was like, yes, ma'am. I would hear stories of kids stealing money out of their mother's purse at school, and I'd be like, oh, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. You are going to hell. You're going, Jesus didn't die for you. He better do it again. Um, the second thing is, um, the second thing is you don't hit a woman. Oh, it just got real silent. 
And I, I'm so convicted about that now that I remember, um, it wasn't too many years ago, I was, I was at Applebee's, which <laughs> might be a problem to begin with, but I was at Applebee's and I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, probably the owner's here and I'm sorry, your restaurant's great, I love your rib commercials. Um, <laughs> but I was walking by a man and a woman arguing like face-to-face in the parking lot, and they were so intense, and I just, I just stopped. I, I, I walked over, and I said, hey, 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 y'all need to calm down. And the guy looked at me and said, this ain't none of your business. And I was like, oh, here we go. Anyway, so, because <laughs> I don't, but here's how I learned that lesson. When I was about five years old, my mom, my mom told me, she said, I'm going to run down to your grandma's house for a minute. She, my grandma lived right next door. And she said, I'll be back. And I was like, let me go, let me go, because I hated staying by myself because I was all freaked out because I told you all a few weeks ago my dad always scared me, so I didn't know what was going on. She said, no, 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 I need to go talk to your grandmother for a few minutes about something. Now looking back, she just needed to get away from me. For her. So, so she just goes next door. You know what? She was gone longer than five minutes. And I was freaking out. I was scared. And she finally came back in, and she was leaning down to kiss me. Her face was, and I was like, you know, this is the perfect opportunity to teach this woman a lesson. So I took this hand, it was this hand, and as she was coming in for the kiss, I came straight across her face with it. I can still hear the smack. Now, psychologists say (laughs) that repressed memory is actually for our protection. All I remember her saying is, no, you didn't. And, and like the next few moments are blocked, and, which is probably, like, let me tell you, I learned. There was no such thing as time out when I was growing up. Nothing. My mama taught me, you, you don't go in a woman's purse and you don't hit a woman. Now, here's what freaked me out, though. Here's what freaked me out. I was mortified that she was going to tell my father. And I don't know about your parents, but my parents usually had a two-for-one deal. Like, if, for some reason, like, if one got you, the other one was going to get you, and they had permission. So I just knew that night at dinner. But, you know, that night at dinner, I'm super scared, super scared, sitting there the whole time. Mama never brought it up. Ever. Again. She dealt with it one time. That's all she had to deal with it. She never brought it up ever again. Like, ever, 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 ever. Um, when I was in college, is the first time I ever spoke to my dad about it. And I was like, uh, hey, I got a question, you because know, we're kind of talking, swapping stories. I was like, did, did mama ever tell you about that time I hit her? She, and he went, you hit your mama? I was like, yes, sir. He was like, oh, you lucky, you still alive. I was like, right? <laughs> now, you know, my mother never told anyone. And, and looking back, I'm like, you know what? She had this thing down, forgive quickly. She forgave. And it took me to this, this thing that Jesus was having this conversation with a guy named Peter. And Peter came up to Jesus and said, listen, how many times do I have to forgive somebody? And you've all asked that question because I've asked that question. How many times do I got to forgive this person? How many times Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Well, seven times, that's a lot of forgiveness. We'll all agree. I've just forgiven them, right? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times. But 77 times. Now, this doesn't mean, you know, go get an index card and go, that's one, that's two, that's three. Hey, you're on number 62. We're getting close. 
to me opening up a can. Like, that's not, that's not what that verse means. Feeling loose today. This verse, this verse means that we need to be in a constant state of forgiveness. And the reason I say that is because all of us know, all of us in this room have somebody or some bodies in our past that have hurt us, that have wounded us, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, I don't know, and it's really hard, and we say we forgive them, I I forgive that person, and then the next day we find ourselves getting mad at them again, right? That's why forgiveness is not a one-time event, it's a process. We've got to constantly forgive. I've chosen to forgive that person, I've chosen to forgive that person, I've chosen to forgive that person. That's one of the reasons my life right now is so laid back, I'm I'm just not mad at anybody. That doesn't mean things don't happen. I just, I, you know what? I choose to forgive. I want to choose to forgive. I want to choose to forgive. I want to choose to forgive. I want to, and I'm saying that because there's maybe somebody here today. You're holding a grudge or anger or bitterness towards somebody. And if you don't let that go, it's going to rob you of life. Forgive over and over and over. How many times do I have to forgive that person? Only as many as Jesus has forgiven you. All right, I'll move on. Number four. Pretending only punishes you. Pretending only punishes you. Carla, you came up and did the welcome. One of her favorite holidays every year is Halloween. She's already asked, could we decorate Second Chance like a big haunted house for Halloween? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do it. This is great. <laughs> That's the devil's holiday. No, it's nice. Devil, the devil don't have a holiday. Oh, God, I shouldn't have said any of that. I'm going to get... S- <laughs> but Halloween, you know, when you dress up and pretend, you know what I'm talking about? You dress up and pretend you're a princess or you're a mermaid or you're an avenger or whatever. And um, I was laughing. We were talking. I was talking with a group of people the other day. I was like, man, I've, that's, what, that's what a lot of times church is. It's Halloween. People dress up and pretend they're perfect. <laughs> but if you really knew what was going on. Right? Like, for example, my mama smoked. And, w- and, and when I say smoked, she didn't, like, smoke one or two a day. It was two packs a day. She was in. She was dedicated. And, and I'm not trying to make anybody feel that smokes feel bad, okay? If you smoke, I mean, just light it up, right? Smoking don't send you to hell. and just makes you smell like you've been there. And if you're good with that, then that's fine. I, I don't have a problem with it. Can't smoke in the building, all right? But I smoke cigars. I love a good cigar. I love cigars. Any cigar smokers in the room? All right, yeah, we're all going to hell. That's great. So <laughs> she would smoke, though. She would smoke on the way to church. So we're on the way to church, and, like, we're, she's in the church parking lot. I'm like, Mom, what the? Just put, and she's like, no, I'm going to enjoy my cigarette because I can't smoke in there. And, if, and, and listen, if, you, if she could have, she could have found a way. She would have done it. 
So I remember one Sunday we go to church, and they were doing like the committees. I don't know if you've ever been to church to do committees and the committee appointments and the voting and all this other stuff. So they were doing the committee on committees, and, and they were doing this, and they were doing that, all these nominations or whatever. And I'm sitting there because I just knew my mom was going to get a position, and I was going to be proud of my mom, right, because my mom was awesome. She, was, she read her Bible every morning, and she loved Jesus, and she invited people to the church. I mean, I, I just saw this in, in her, and she just lit up when she talked about the Lord. I mean, I love this about her. And we went through the, all that thing, and she didn't get nominated. She didn't get nominated or voted for or anything. So when we left church that day, I, was, I can still remember this conversation. We got in the car. I looked at her. I said, well, that was weird. She said, well, it was weird. I was like, but you, you didn't get nominated for anything. And that one woman's like on four committees, and you didn't get nominated for anything. And she said, oh, Terry, I smoke. I was like, yeah? She's like, well, they, they think, you know, that I'm, I'm a sinner and I shouldn't do that. And so I'm, you know, I, I just don't, I don't get to be on a leadership position. And I remember thinking, well, Mama, why don't you just not smoke on the way to church, maybe? Like, like we could, you could, put, <laughs> you could put it out like two blocks away and spray us down with like a lot of whatever, right? And I won't forget this. She said, Perry, don't ever be fake to please fake people. Don't, don't ever be fake to please fake people. She said, because, Perry, I do smoke. She said, but if I told you what I knew about a lot of people in that building that did not smoke but do other things, you would be really disappointed. See, she saw her father kicked off of a board of deacons. He was on my, my papa. I'm named after him. He was kicked off a board of deacons because um, he one night he was out on his porch smoking a pipe. And if you can smoke anything, you ought to get a pass on a pipe. Like a pipe is cool. Like I can't wait to one day smoke a pipe and wear a like a fedora and and unlike in a rocking chair, right? That's just gonna be awesome. I've got a pipe now. I don't know how to pack it, but maybe I'm sure somebody here could show me that. Um, with regular tobacco, by the way, regular tobacco. <laughs> Weed is not legal in South Carolina. So. He was smoking a pipe, and two of the deacons dropped by his house to see him, and they caught him smoking the pipe and kicked him off the deacon board. So, so, so my mom just said, listen, I'm, I'm going to walk in that church, and I, you know what? I'm not exactly who I but you know what? I'm, 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 I'm going to go to church, and I think Jesus loves me, and he knows I'm a work in progress. I remember her telling me that. Don't be fake to please fake people because at the end of the day, I love I love, I love, I love the fact that we get to call this Second Chance Church. I had somebody tell me when we were first starting, you know some people aren't going to come to your church because of the name. I was like, we're not for them. We are for people because, I, let, let, let me get real honest with y'all. If y'all knew everything about me, you wouldn't come back to church next week. And if I knew everything about you, I'd be okay with it. <laughs> so, so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I, I know I'm messed up, and I am the reason the grace of God is necessary. 
And I don't ever want us to become the place where the Lord says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based merely on human rules that they have been taught. I watched my mother love Jesus, and even though she wasn't accepted by the religious majority, she knew she was accepted by Jesus and refused to be fake just to be accepted. Which leads, which leads, which leads to number five. It is well with my soul. My mom taught me that. January 1st, 1982. 1982 started out to be a great year for me. I was in Miami, Florida. That's when Clemson won their first national championship. I'm going to talk about that. I had somebody last week on Facebook, they got upset. You shouldn't talk about Clemson and the Gamecocks. Clemson won a national championship. I'm looking right at Facebook right now. <laughs> They've won two more since. I heard it went. And I'll just say this. When it comes to anybody's football team, if your idol cannot defend itself, maybe it's not worthy of your worship. Just wanted to throw that out there for something to consider. Now, for me, football, it's something fun, but it doesn't ruin my life. It doesn't, it's just something for me. I love to, as long as you tell me I can't talk about Clemson and Cats, I'm always going to talk about Clemson and Cats, all right? I just, I'm just that, so sorry. January 1st, 1982 started out awesome because I got to go see them play in Miami, and it was great, and um, that year was great and, and, until that summer. We took a cross-country trip. And when I say cross-country trip, we're the Griswolds before the Griswolds came about. My dad, we drove across country every year to see my sister that lived in California. And on the way back, my mom got real sick, which was weird because my mom, I had one of those mothers, I'm sure, I don't know if you ever had the mother that just never got sick. Never got sick. Because if mama gets sick and shuts down, like everything shuts down. So my mama didn't get sick, but she got sick, and, and, and she just kept saying, well, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. And finally, my dad talked her to go into going to the doctor, and the doctor goes, you know, does a couple tests and goes, oh, it's very simple. He said, uh, you've got gallstones, and we're going to need to remove your gallbladder. So they scheduled her for an operation, and I remember getting up to go to school that morning and went in and, you know, gave her a kiss and went to school. And when I came home that day, I rode the bus home from school. And, uh, you know, stopped at the bus stop, walked up in my driveway, and there's like 15 or 20 cars in my driveway. And I'm like, why are all these people at my house? And I walk in, and my dad's there, and he's not supposed to be there because he was supposed to be at work because um, he's going to work after the surgery. And my mom's um, sisters were there, my aunts and uncles, and my grandmother was there. Like, oh, there's all these people. And I walk in, and they're like, okay, Perry's here. Um, now, and my dad was like, I need to, I need to talk to y'all. And, and so I never will forget, I, I can tell you exactly where I was sitting in the living room. And my dad said, um, today when Helen went in the sur for surgery, he said they opened her up for the gallstone operation. And, uh, and she's covered in cancer. And the doctor said she won't make it till Christmas. And I was an 11-year-old um, mama's boy. That was, I, I still wrestle with that. I remember running out of the house. I just took off running. I had an uncle, and he came and found me, and he brought me back in. And my dad said, we need to go to the hospital to see your mom. And I'm freaking out all the way, 
all the way over on the way to see mom because I'm like, what do you say? What do you say to somebody that just got told last Christmas was your last Christmas? And I'm a fixer. I want to fix things. I want to make things right. I want to say the right thing. I've been that way since I was a kid. So I remember walking into the room and my mother's in the bed and I don't know what to say. And as soon as she saw me, she smiled and she said, come here. And I go over and I hug her and she whispered in my ear. She whispered in this ear. She said, everything's going to be all right. I'm good. Don't worry about me. I remember as an 11-year-old thinking, where does that come from? Like, how do you get that? Like, to be told you're going to die, but you're okay. For, they got to a point where they couldn't really do anything for her at the hospital, so they just sent her home. And I would go home and from when I would come home from school, and I would just sit and talk with her. We'd just sit and talk and talk and talk. And she told me, she said, she said, I'm not scared of, she said, I'm not scared of death. She said, the only thing that's really disappointing is I'm really going to miss you. And one of the reasons I eventually gave my life to Christ wasn't because of some great theological argument that somebody presented to me. It was the, it was the faith of my mother who had what Paul described as the peace of of God that transcends all understanding. She, she just had it. She had that peace that, how, how do you have peace? The reason she had the peace of God is because she had made peace with God through Jesus Christ. That's how we make it through something like that. My dad told me, he didn't tell me this until probably about a decade ago before he passed away and I never knew this my mom never told me but when when I was when I was born my dad was in the he was in the delivery room and they took me and they handed me my mom and my dad said my mom's first words about me was that's my preacher and I've had people ask since then don't you wish I mean do you ever think don't you just wish your mom could have seen you preaching today she did moms have a way of just seeing and knowing stuff right and I believe that's one of the reasons she was able to kind of just step into eternity and let it go because she knew that I was in God's hands peace that passes all understanding peace of God because she had peace with God through Jesus and the same peace that she had and I have you can have as well with that in mind can we stand for closing prayer Father um, thank you for every single person in this room every single person online Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that people would hear, would, would know they're valuable, would forgive quickly, would continue to press on to do the right thing, would not feel they got to be fake. But more than anything, Jesus, that we would know 
that we have a relationship with you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you want that peace that I talked about, it simply comes by asking Jesus to come into your life. And if you want to ask Jesus in your life today, if you want to ask Christ to come into your life, then I want to invite you right where you stand right now just to ask him, just in your heart, just pray, just say, Jesus, I give my life to you. Come in and take over. Show me how to live. And thank you for saving me. If you just prayed to receive Christ, if you just prayed that prayer, would you do me a favor and put your hand just in the air? Just hold it straight up So, because I, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you this week. I want to see. It's awesome. Anybody else? With heads still bowed and eyes still closed, if you're here today and something really stuck out to you, and you feel like, you know what, I can't walk out of here today. I need someone to pray with me or for me about that then I want you to step out of your aisle right now and walk out the back doors of this church because we have care team volunteers back there. And listen, they would love to pray with you, pray for you, and encourage you in any way possible. So if you feel like, you know what, I need someone to pray with me, you go right now. You go right now because I would hate for you to wrestle with it all week long when you can just talk to somebody and leave it here. Father, thank you for those that have raised their hands today. Thank you for those that are moving right now. Thank you for those that are watching online. Thank you for those that are listening to the podcast. Thank you for those, Jesus, who were challenged and encouraged by this. Father, we thank you that no matter what we're wrestling with, that you really do have the whole world in your hands. You are great, God, and we love you. We ask this in your name. Amen. Hey, before you leave, may you take your mother buy her expensive food, (laughs) take her shopping, buy her anything she wants, and take her to the car lot and buy her anything on the lot. Amen. Y'all have a great week. We'll see y'all next Sunday.